Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host via Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochofreno. Hola, Andrew. Como estas? Bien. ¿Y tú? Mm, así, así. That's, that's all of the Spanish I know, besides uh, kitchen Spanish. So if it had kept going, I would have been lost anyway. I just told you I'm doing okay. Cerveza, por favor? Beer, please. I get that. You get that. Uh, con queso? <laughs> With cheese. There you go. Yeah. You want to hear something? I have actually debated. I've had it on my mind probably for about a year now of trying to like legit learn Spanish. It's, I, I mean, when you started talking, I knew that was going to be a thing. That's uh, like a classic Andy Ruther. Like, I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to become fluent in Spanish. You're like, <laughs> there's a movie about this, isn't there? Isn't there a movie about the, like, the guy who's always like doing some shit? No, what movie? I don't know. Or maybe it's just like you're like limitless, but you do all the shit one at a time. I didn't say fluent. I just... The irony would be leaving California to then learn Spanish where it's constantly around me. And then I come here and it's a little different. And you literally only use it at Chipotle. You're like, con guac. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, eh? Mas guac, por favor. Yeah. I'll tell you what. And I, and I, And I know I've said this, like being here this summer reminded me that Cincinnati is a very just white and black town. It's basically, you got two races, sprinkle in a few, few Asian people, a few Hispanic people, but it's, you go anywhere you go in this town. It's, it's, it, it, I think geographically it is like, it's like 50, 50 white, black. It's not the most diverse. I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could do that. I, you know, obviously I always say it in my joke before I do my, uh, my Raiders car joke, but Mexicans are my favorite people. Yeah. They're good people. They're like, they're like far and away. My favorite people, hardest working, hardest partying. And the food is amazing. So good. I think at this point, Mexican food might be my top tier of all the different types of ethnic foods. I'm never like, I know you're a big Mexican. I'm never like, like oh man i just need like it's never on my top things of like things i'm craving i'm never craving like a burrito or tacos or whatever but like at the same time if i go and i get it i'm like i'm in yeah i also feel the same way about italian food you know i love italian food yeah meanwhile I'm, i'm always like man i could go for a big bowl of pasta yeah people who give up uh carbs that i think that would be the toughest thing for me to do yeah. Just eating the cheese off the pizza. <laughs> what do you think twerks? Speaking of twerks, what is twerks with wolves doing? What is Aaron Moharis up to these days? I mean, I follow Aaron Moharis on social media. I think he, he was, 
you know, doing a little traveling. He was in Denver for a while for his internship, his second internship. Um, yeah. One that actually and, gives him real life skills. Yeah. Oh, I think we gave him plenty of real life skills. Yeah. Uh, we also gave him a lifelong nickname. Um, True. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's, he's enjoying himself thoroughly. Well, Joe, we had a, a full day, our first full day of the NFL season. I know. Um, before we do that, I do want to get to some serious stuff, and I want to get it out of the way. That way we can have a, a fun show. I want to give everybody an update on my father. Um, he is still in the ICU, and he had to be put on a ventilator on Saturday, which, which was not easy. It was probably the toughest day that I've had in, in a long, long time since my mother passed away. So, uh He's still here, though, and I want, I want to reiterate, uh, just keep the positivity because it's not easy when you put on that, and, but a lot of people have survived on intubator, being under intubation and being on ventilators. Um, he just needs it for his lungs. So he's having trouble getting oxygen and breathing, and it wasn't an easy decision, but he's on that, and I got to see him with my brothers, luckily, before that procedure happened. So I just want to let all the dirt balls know that, you know, Walt's still fighting hard. He's still here. And uh, keep all those thoughts, all the positivity, all the prayers, anything you want to do, uh, keep it going. And much love to all the dirt balls for all the support. And I feel your guys' presence. And uh, I'm very thankful for that. So. And, um... Yeah, I mean a lot. A lot of I'm glad that you you mentioned that because a lot of guys have have reached out to me, wanting to know what's going on. So for sure, uh, the Dirtball fam's with you, Andy. A um, lot lot of people sending good thoughts and prayers and all the stuff your way. And uh, it's you know it's times like this when I uh, and I was thinking about it last night. I almost tweeted it and then I was like, oh, I'll just save it for for the show is like for every one, you know, dipshit asshole that we deal with, uh, you know, there are hundreds of great dirt balls who, yeah. who care and are thoughtful and who, who have donated to our causes, who have donated time and energy to doing things, who, you know, always send us good messages, always support all the things we're doing, you know, buying the things and subscribing to the things and rating and doing all that stuff. And, you know, sometimes I think both of us can get frustrated with, uh, with sort of the actions of the, of the smaller. Yeah. The bad apples. Exactly. And uh, you know, it's times like these and, and moments like when, when either of us are dealing with shit where you're reminded of how the vast majority that are awesome, awesome fans. So shout out to the Dirtball fam for just always being great. Yeah, thanks, guys. And look, this obviously has been, I mean, there's no way around. This has been a hell year for me and for my family. And it's, it, it's really hit us. It's beating the shit out of us. But we're going to keep pushing on because you have to. And if I want to, like, give any little pep talks to anybody... <laughs> I'm trying to like give some speech about survival and Joe drinks a takes a swig out of a cup with a mustache on a mustache. Well played, Prano. If you're not watching this on YouTube, you 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 missed out. 
mustache. On I was mustache. just, I was just trying to have a, while you were having your moment, I was like, now's a good time for me to caffeinate. And literally as I put it to my uh, mouth and I saw my, I was like, Oh fuck. I hope that doesn't. No, it's good. I need it. I it's need it's it. a good, it's a good mug though. Well, it's a great mug. And I'll tell you what, man, as hard as everything's been for myself, my family, my extended family, comedy, you, you need comedy. You know what I'm saying? Like, and right there is a comedic moment. I just, I, that's one thing I've learned. I told my brothers through all this stuff is like, we can still bust balls. We can still make jokes because what I've learned, especially in this last year, if you don't have comedy, man, if you can't joke about the worst shit in life, then to me, there's no point going on because, because yeah. that's so important. And that is a great segue. If we're going to talk comedy to talk Cleveland Browns football. Oh, is that is, I, you know what? I'm so excited. I mean, obviously, I knew we were going to start with football on Mondays. We always start by, you know, getting into the games first and recapping. And I was like, what angle? Because I was, I was literally like, just let Andy take the lead. I, I couldn't wait to see, like, what you consider, like, headline news. Where are you going? Like, Mr. Unlimited. Where are you going? Like, you know. Aaron, the return of Aaron Rodgers, like an Aaron Rodgers apology segment. Well, like, what were you doing? Like Cleveland Browns. That's where you're going, Andy. Cleveland Browns football. I feel well, like we'll you, get- it's funny because I have a beef with the state of Ohio, but I feel like you have like an unspoken like beef with the Cleveland Browns in general. Well, look, I'm going to lump the Cincinnati Bengals into this. We're, we're going to just put Ohio together in, in this just – debacle we'll get to those other guys but the browns again how much of the browns game did you watch i had it on i had a lot i had the first half on so So, there was i watched a lot of football yesterday but like even when the games were on like so here the local game was green bay minnesota on fox there was no local that was same here there was no local early game on CBS. I had two TVs going. So basically I had the Packers uh, Vikings on, and I was using that TV also for um, Clippers Nuggets. And then the other TV, I was, I was doing the, the channel, the game swap on, on Sunday ticket. And I would do red zone every once in a while, but mostly I would just tune into a game for a few minutes. All I can tell you about the moments of the Cleveland Browns game that I watched, and I didn't watch a lot of it, and I I almost got to see no Ravens offense. Every time I tuned in, Baker Mayfield was doing some Johnny Manziel running away from the line fucking lunacy. And I was like, dude, this ain't your game, dog. (laughs) This should not be what you do. Sure. I know they have a good defense, but he, I, I hate to say, I hate to sound like a broken record. Baker Mayfield, I mean, he certainly hasn't lived up to his own hype, the hype that he has, you know, put on himself. But at the same time, it's like, dude, just get rid of the ball. Well, I think their defense is also questionable if you watch that game. I mean, I, so I had on the main game here was also the Vikings, Packers, but then I had the game mix on because I have a Sunday ticket so I could have up to four games at once on. So I had five games going on yesterday. Um, I didn't give a moment and I did have the Browns on for probably the first, first half. 
it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter who's coaching, who's playing. Did you see the fake punt? Yeah. But this is, but, but to me, that's, they have a new coach. That's a Cleveland Browns move to run a risky, and it wasn't just the Browns. A lot of teams were running risky fake punts yesterday. Did you notice that? Yeah. I, I, I got to say just in general, the, the amount of people that went for it, like, kind of recklessly on fourth, fourth down a couple times. The Falcons were 0 for 4. The, yeah, the Falcons, I mean, I, I watched, you know, a fair amount the of the Falcons, Falcons-Seattle game. Those, like, I know the, the, the score in the end makes it seem like it was a complete and utter blah, but those four fourth downs are entirely game changers. Yeah, I agree. And now, and, now a couple and, of them were at the end. Yeah. And then Seattle had, to me, what I thought was a reckless call as well. And Russ makes a great throw to DK Metcalf for that touchdown. But that was also a reckless fourth down call. Yeah, it was like fourth and three and they went deep. Yeah. But also the Dallas Cowboys. Why does Mike McCarthy Because Mike McCarthy is the- not a good football coach. And that's why I have sold. I never even bought any Cowboy stock, but I've sold it all. I made money, made fucking hella money. Betting on, yeah. them, betting on the Rams to win that game outright yesterday. And a lot of yeah. people did because the line switched. What was the line? The line uh, earlier in the day, earlier in the week, and then they, like I got it, it was plus 120 for uh, a Rams win. And by the end of the by – the, by game time, it was minus 115 for a Rams win. And the Cowboys, it's like how much talent can you – they're like so talented. And all they do is like mismanage that talent. Yeah. No, but I agree. Go, but but let's go back. Let's go back to your to your Browns. I mean, you you're just the Browns are just bad. Is that your opinion? Well, I, I just again, and I'll lump that way. We can kind of combo the two Ohio teams. I, I just think you just have a culture between the Browns and the Bengals, and it's just it's like I don't care how much talent you have. I don't care how many skilled players you have on the offense or the defense for Cleveland because they have a, they have a bunch. It comes down to coaching. It comes down to just, you know, we've talked about it with some of the guys we've had on this show, Joe, former players. Like, like you know, we talked about it with Ryan Gretz. There's a mindset when you play for the Green Bay Packers. They have history. They have tradition. You're, you're walking into something where guys expect more out of themselves. Coaches expect more. I don't think you have that vibe when you step into the locker room in Cleveland or it's not easy to change or Cincinnati. Same way for the Bengals. Joe Burrow didn't have the best game, but for a rookie, he led a drive. And I watched that whole final drive. Yeah. He was making sharp, crisp passes, tight windows to basically tie the game up, which is not easy in your rookie debut. And I mean, that look on his face says it all. It's like, welcome to Cincinnati, dude. You're going to do everything in your power for a 31 yard field goal. And he's going to shank it and then act like his leg got ripped off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, mean, yeah. Can we talk and, about and, the fake uh, injury? Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like now his other leg is injured or something like that. It's like there's never been a more fake injury. It's like, I've been shot. Get me off the field. Um, but, you know, since we're doing like the just plain old culture fails, I mean, it has, is there a more – is there any team that – the game would have ended the way it did in Detroit that that happens to besides Detroit, Cleveland, or Cincinnati. Great point. Same thing for the Lions. 
I mean, Matt Stafford, I tweeted it yesterday and it got, you know, a lot of people supporting it. Like I just tweeted simply hashtag free Matt Stafford. Like for, this guy does a lot for that team. I, I feel like he personally has done everything that he possibly can to change the culture. I mean, that's a perfect pass for, you know, the win essentially. And they like the guy goes to turn and run when he's do you're already in the end zone where are you running to you force gumping it like are you are you trying to get your head around so you can go out the tunnel yeah well you're right though i mean you look at those three teams and some of them have had regular season success especially the Bengals and the lions have had some few a few seasons where they've been but it's like guys it's so hard to just change a losing culture. And I don't think people really fully understand that because I think it's easy to buy in if you're a player, right? You're like, well, it is what it is. Like, like if, you're, if you play on the Browns or the Bengals or the Lions after the losses yesterday, no way you feel any confidence heading into week two. No way at all. And, and I think, you know, nothing to me uh, like illustrates – culture and being on the right side of culture and the wrong side of a good culture like the two days that the patriots and the bucks had yesterday i couldn't agree more patriots new quarterback comes in bill belichick doing exactly what i thought bill belichick would do using cam newton as if he has him for eight games like I mean, 15 I, I, rushes good good for cam if he's cool with this but like not you know but besides like a uh besides a john calipari no one has ever been like i got this guy for a year and i don't give a fuck what happens to him <laughs> like bill belichick and cam newton cam newton is now just lining up in shotgun running those fucking quarterback dives all right i mean i don't i think cam newton thinks he's instagramming in regular english like, that's how much I think his brain is jumbled. I think he poor, thinks – Poor Cam's body. Is that, is that font that he uses? If you go into your font list on Microsoft Word, is that just CTE? I think it's is that, CTE. Is that what that yeah. font is? <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, obviously I had that game on because I was I think, very curious. I think Cam wears the cowboy hats because he has, he has, like, protective helmets underneath them. You know how when you watch a cartoon and like they hit, like, Yosemite Sam on his head and the giant bump comes up? Yeah, yeah. He he wears the fucking he wears the Pharrell hat because he has the giant horn bump. <laughs> like he constantly has it. Because I thought the same thing. You know, I'm watching that game yesterday. I think we all were right. Like that was the game where what are they going to do with Cam? How are the Patriots going to look without Brady? And they could not have had a more simplified, basic. Hey, we have a great defense. We're going to run the ball. We're going to use the athletic ability of our quarterback. He might play eight to 10 games this year, but we're going to use him. We're basically, you know what Cam Newton is? You know, when you're battery, you're looking at your phone, you're like, man, it's gone. It's gone. And there's part of you who's like, you know, I really shouldn't check Twitter right now. It's going to take 3% off. And it's, it's going to get me down to 2%. I should just hold off because I'm going to have to use an Uber later. But the other party's like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. Cam is basically a battery on 5%. And Belichick's like, whatevs. Belichick had 11 apps open. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, I mean, you're right, Prano. I, I think it's a great point of comparing the two different franchises of 
perennial winners and a franchise that's been very volatile, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then you watch Tom Brady, Tom Brady, week one, week one of his, you know, second stint in the NFL, he is screaming. And it's like, yeah, bro, it ain't easy when guys go offsides. It ain't easy when guys have terrible penalties. It ain't easy when guys run the wrong routes. It ain't easy when you're not getting protected every play. You know, the amount of quarter, like it, both sides of the coin, the amount of uh, shit that I've seen other quarterbacks get, Matt Stafford being a great example, free Matt Stafford, being in terrible situations and making do, and, and, and just being like, oh, I guess Matt Stafford fucking sucks. And Tom, and meanwhile, the slurping for 20 years of Tom Brady, and it's like, well, you know, Matt Castle, he didn't win a playoff game, and uh, Jacoby Briscoli and Jimmy Garoppolo, what did they do without Belichick? And it's like, well, one of them went to the Super Bowl, and the other one's Jacoby Briscoli. But, uh, you know, like Tom Brady, I know he's 41, and I, and I do factor that in. Is like 42, I think. 42, whatever. Tom Brady wants to, to push it, wants to do this thing where he proves he can and, – and trust me, I'm aware that five years ago Tom Brady would have been a totally different story. But also, 42-year-old Tom Brady on the Patriots yesterday is a totally different story. Well, look, this is my take on Tom Brady's game. He didn't play that well. It's going to take a minute. He did make some really, some really good passes, though. He had some really poor passes. He had some good passes. He, I thought he threw the deep ball fairly well. He also had some horrific passes. He had some, you know, the one interception where clearly he thought Evans was going to go somewhere else, and he stopped, and it was basically one of those miscommunication interceptions. I think that's going to That never happens on the Patriots. That never happens. That happens to a lot of quarterbacks. It certainly happens to a lot of quarterbacks – you know, when you when you draft talented receivers and you kind of like you've, you've got to let a guy like Mike Evans, you know, have those option routes. And because those are the things that that kind of spark big plays. But at the same time, you never see that on the Patriots. And you also never see like the big time, super talented, athletic, high drafted receiver. And. When you do, when you have like the, uh, you know, broken by a Raider stint, Randy Moss come in and be like, I'm going to buy in. Also, I'm one of the best ever. He set fucking records. Yeah, it's the best of both worlds. It's the best of both worlds. But the bottom line is in Patriots land, they will take a guy who is going to run the right route or make the right, you know, decision on an option route over a guy who is more physically gifted. The end. Yeah, well, look, like I said, I'm not making excuses because he played a subpar game, but I think, you know, I still believe in enough in Brady that they figure it out. They win 10, 11 games. They can make a deep playoff run. Obviously, it's just one game. And and they were going against a great team. They're going against the Saints, who are arguably the most talented on both sides of the ball at a pure physical level what they have both offensively and defensively. I mean, they are deep. The Saints are a deep team. I, uh, I mean, I agree with you that 
he'll get uh, more familiarity with his receivers and they'll figure out an offense that, you know, works at whatever. But at the same time, it's like, it happens fast in the NFL, man. You go on two, the, your chances of making the playoffs drop dramatically. You go on three, your chances of making the playoffs are almost none. Uh, I'm not saying that Bucks will go on three, but the difference between, and I'm not saying Bruce Arians is a bad coach. The difference between Tom Brady living in the little, you know, nuzzling up to the teat of Bill Belichick and, yeah. and having just not the greatest coach of all time is okay. Maybe it takes you four weeks to figure it out. Maybe it takes you six weeks to figure it out. Sometimes in the NFL, you don't have that kind of time. Yeah, no, I agree. Did you, uh, did you place any bets? Did you do any fantasy on the FanDuel app, Joe? You know, FanDuel is a proud sponsor of our show and sports are back. The NFL, more importantly, is back and FanDuel is offering some great deals to all the dirt balls. And I know, I know you like getting in on that stuff, Joe. How'd, you, how'd everything play out for you yesterday? I actually did. What I did on FanDuel, uh, the, the FanDuel Sportsbook is not available in my area, but the FanDuel uh, Fantasy is. And I got, in, I got involved in the uh, Sunday night football Dallas Rams. I picked, I picked a, a lineup of just Rams and Cowboys for that game. Made a little, made a little wager. I actually didn't check uh today to see how i did i feel like i did fairly well i mean i had zeke i had goff yeah so I'm, nice. I'm, I'm, hope, I'm hoping i made like a couple bucks well guys FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free this nfl season no deposit required just sign up and FanDuel will give you a free entry to a contest each week of the football season where you can win real prizes plus for those folks who do want to deposit FanDuel is offering up to $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Simply go to FanDuel.com forward slash dirty or download the FanDuel Fantasy app to play now. FanDuel, more ways to win. Did you watch Rush? Did you, uh, Rush. Did you watch my boy Russ? Did you watch Mr. Unlimited? You know, Did you watch I, him, Joe? I, I got to say, I, and, and this isn't me just uh, trying to avoid uh, slurping your boy Russ because uh, the stats don't lie for what he did yesterday. I think he was, what, 31 for 35 or whatever. Um, but uh, I tuned in um, to the, the Seahawks-Falcons game a bit. And what I caught in my, I don't know, 10 clicks over to the Seahawks uh, Falcons channel was a lot of terrible uh, coaching on the Falcon side. And then I did see, I did see the big fourth down touchdown throw. That was a great throw by Russ. And uh, I saw a lot. Of, I mean, they were, it seemed like to me, Russ was doing a lot of like the back out of the backfield passes, a lot of the short stuff too. I didn't watch, I didn't watch the full game, well, but when I saw at one point that he was like 10 for 11 or something like that, I had maybe seen like five Chris Carson screens. And I was like, okay, well, you know, that's, you're going to complete well, a lot of those, but I didn't, I didn't watch the whole game, unfortunately, but the stats, don't I liked, lie what he did. I liked how he started. Or I liked how I liked Schottenheimer's game plan. I almost sent, I almost sent a text to our boy CT and said, finally, you know, you know, they always say, let Russ cook. Like, 
like they, they had some they, to start the game was mostly passes. And I was like, is this the Seahawks? And it wasn't the screens. Cause you're right. By once he settled in, they started doing more of the wide receiver screens, the flank out of the backfield to the running back, but they, they let him unleash to start the game. And they even had a designed run play, which he, which you never see anymore at them for him. And he ran for like 30 yards. I, I did see that. Me, yeah. I liked how they started the game and then it got very conservative. Now, obviously it worked. Carson was breaking tackles and that helped. But personally, as, as a Russell Wilson fan, I'd like to see more of the first couple drives. Um, I also want to say, I just don't get the Falcons for, again, here we are for Dan Quinn, right? Who was the former defensive coordinator of the Seahawks. Am I correct in that? Yeah. For a guy who made his name on defense, their defense is bad again. Yeah. yeah. And they have talented defensive players. And, they do. Uh, you know, I made, I made good money yesterday gambling of three for four, the only one being a loss on that game. And as great as Russell Wilson played, and like really, the again, you look at the, the short fields from – turning the ball over the short fields from turning over the ball on downs. Like the, you would think that the Falcons with such a high powered offense would focus on defense and just be like, Hey, if we can keep the other team to 25 points, we're probably going to win games. And and, and they can't reasonably do that ever. Honestly, like I am done. I might not even talk about the Falcons anymore. Like this team ruins my life regularly. Yeah. You're right. They're just so talented offensively, and they can put up points. And Gurley came out looking great to start the game. Yeah. I want to say this, though, about the Seahawks. And he looked phenomenal. You talk about a game changer for that defense, Jamal Adams. Yeah. I mean, he was all over the place. Tackles. He had a sack, breaking up passes. I'll tell you what. I don't even remember what they gave up. I know they gave up. A first round, maybe a couple first rounders. I love him. Yeah. On a team that's just going to let him do his thing. Yeah, absolutely. No, he's fantastic, and I think that 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 move will. That's the best move that the Seahawks have made in you know years, ten ten years, because oh, the the God. yeah because the guys were there, you know when they they built around that that defense. defense. But they, in the last, you know, seven, eight years, they've let it fall apart. And, you, you know, we can slurp Russ all we want, but Pete Carroll, when he has been successful, and I mean highly successful, I mean winning championships, competing for championships at every level, it's been with a defense. So to, to get a all-pro safety uh, for a guy who likes to have a great secondary, that's, that's one of the best moves I've seen them make. Yeah. Well, we talked Russ. He's my guy. Now we got to talk about your guy. Aaron Rodgers looked really, really good yesterday as well. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of weird to like, it's kind of weird that that's like getting, was a story yesterday or whatever. I'm like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers has been good the whole time. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell people. Um, First year head coaches, new offenses, they say it takes a half season to get sorted. And also they made the NFC championship game last year. 
like the idea that something was wrong with Aaron Rodgers. I just, I never understood it. And he looked fantastic yesterday and he's making great throws and he was moving well in and out of the pocket. And he, they, they dominated the Vikings and the flip side yeah. of the coin, the Vikings, I think Kirk Cousins had 30 yards at the half. Kirk Cousins is a bad yeah. quarterback who stockpiles garbage time stats. And like, if you forced me to bet right now on the Vikings winning a playoff game or missing the playoffs entirely, I'm taking the latter. Okay. Kirk Cousins, Jameis Winston, who you got? Honestly, who want, I, who do you want starting? Honestly, I will take Jameis Winston. And I'm not kidding wow. because and, – and here's, here's the thing about uh, Jameis Winston and also my guy, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who played, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick-esque yesterday. Yeah, there, he, he had some, good, some great plays, some great hustle plays, some classic but, interceptions as well. But the thing, the thing about Fitzpatrick and, like, the classic interceptions is, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick is on the Miami Dolphins playing against the New England Patriots. He's not really super worried about what the Ryan Fitzpatrick stat line looks like after the game. He's going, I'm going to do what I got to do to win the game. And I'm going to make this throw because I need to complete throws like this to win this game. Now, there's a chance that this throw might get intercepted and we fucking lose this game. But if yeah. I don't make, make this throw one way or the other, we're, we don't have a chance to win. If I play it safe. And no, nothing is the definition of playing it safe more than fucking Kirk Cousins, who only looks good when he's not going against a pass rush, throws the ball fucking six times in the first half, would rather lay down and die, and then stockpiles garbage time stats. Kirk Cousins, like, he, he isn't good, and he doesn't even, like, he's, he doesn't even, like, try half the time. You're going, like, bro, you're just laying down. Like, I'd rather Kirk Cousins throw two more picks and, like, attempt to win that game. He made no attempt too, to win that game. He's too conservative for you. He poops he, his pants when there's a bad pass rush. And when you're getting dominated and, and, and their pass rushes, so, so get hit in the face and throw the ball and hope for the best. Throw one on a third and long. Like, Look, at least, he, at least he's consistent, Joe. He's conservative on – and off the field with his political beliefs. Yeah. The man is consistent. Not all interceptions are the same. I've said that forever. Bro, take a shot once in a while. And honestly, I don't care if he does, does or not take a shot. I love watching Kirk Cousins just wet himself if, if there's an above-average pass rush. I love it. I love it. Kirk Was Cousins it against, bad pa against good pass rushes has been a debacle his whole career. Do you think anybody in the history – of the NFL has started for this many years and gotten sacked six or more times in a game than Kirk Cousins? I don't know. Is there a stat on that? Let's find out. I would love to know how many times Kirk Cousins has been sacked six times. He got sacked six times in his playoff loss last year. I know the Giants sacked him multiple times, six times in his career in Washington. Oh, I know. Dalvin Cook is a superhero who manages to get positive yards behind a terrible offensive line. And Kirk Cousins, no matter where he goes, can't get the ball off fast. Well, you're talking about a lot of sacks. That's a great segue to the Philadelphia-Washington game. Carson Wentz was sacked 
eight times in that game. And the Eagles blow a 17-0 lead to a team that does not even have a mascot. They don't even have a nickname. They're the Washington whatevs. Joe, I mean, this is, in my opinion, a huge loss. Huge. I know, it, I know it's week one. I know it's week one. But to me, this is a huge loss for the Eagles. Well, I got to say, I watched uh, a lot of that game, obviously being an NFC East uh, guy myself, watched a lot of that game. And here was my thought process. Early on in that game, I was like, damn, somebody has left some money on the table not betting the Carson Wentz return to MVP form line. Like, I, I'm sure his MVP odds were high. And then the third possession of the game, I was like, oh, oh, no. Oh, no, we have reached the point of today where the 15 scripted plays that worked like fucking butter to start the game. The, the 15 plays that for the last week in practice, they ran repeatedly. Every day, we're going to start with the 15 scripted, the 15 scripted, the 15 scripted. 15 scripted plays were gone, and the wheels fell off on Carson Wentz. Yes, they weren't protecting him fantastically, but he also was not helping himself. He does the Ben Roethlisberger thing where he thinks he's going to take hits and keep going. And it's like, dude, sometimes when you escape that first hit, you just got to get rid of the ball. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I, I was watching that game a lot too as well. I mean, if you're an Eagles fan, here we are. Again. Like, I think, I think Wentz is a quality quarterback. But I think we need to ask, again, I know it's only one week, but we need to ask, like, how good a quarterback or what is the ceiling for Carson Wentz? You know, the year he got injured and that they won the Super Bowl, he was on path to possibly win the MVP. Yeah. But, you know. Frank Reich's gone. Frank Reich's gone. Uh, you know, they don't, have the, they don't have the defense that they had then. Um, Look, I, I look. I'm again. I'm a Giants fan, so you can call me biased, but I feel exactly the same way about Carson Wentz as I feel about Dak Prescott. I'm like, cool. He's fine. He's good. I think both of them are good quarterbacks. I think both of yeah. them are, are. I think both of them are large pizzas with one topping. But Ooh, like, both large pizzas, huh? One one large one topping pizza. But look, it, I wouldn't go that far. To me, to me. Uh, at best, they're, they're both large cheese pizzas. Okay, large cheese pizzas. They're large pizzas to me. You know, they're not okay. medium pizzas. Uh, but, uh, again, you're going to need to get you're, – you're going to need to be a little bit extra to win the Super Bowl. And, and that is – and I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about with the best team, you know. Having the best team and winning the Super Bowl – yeah, a large cheese pizza can do that. Yeah, and, and I agree. Look, I think they're both very fine quarterbacks. I'll use that terminology. They're quality guys. You, they can make some great plays, some amazing plays. But this is one of those games that I watch and I say, you just can't lose to the team that was projected to lose the most games. You, you know, like you can't lose an opening game to the Washington no-nicknames. 
You just can't. To me, yeah, to me, it's it's the same. And again, I go back to their comparison. I know a lot of people have compared them over the last couple of years, but Dak and Wentz is like, when you're playing bad teams, you need to be exceptional. You need to be exceptional. Carson Wentz should have stockpiled stats yesterday because Washington, you know, they're going to be improved, especially with Rivera, but they're not going to be good. Yeah. And, and the same thing goes for Dak against the Rams. It's like when you play good teams, you better play great. You need to, you need to make your, the guys around you better. Yeah. And, and Dak didn't achieve greatness yesterday. He was like, fine. And it's like, if you're going to go out and play fine against great teams and you're going to play bad against good, te- badish teams like Carson Wentz, what is your stealing? You're a large cheese pizza. Did you watch any of the Jets Bills game? That's one yeah. game I did not watch. I watched a lot of it. And Tell me about it. Adam Gase is bad. The Jets uh, are, aren't very talented. Uh, Sam Darnold has not shown improvement in three seasons in the league. He's not getting better. Um, the Jets, like, to me, honestly, if you're a Jets fan, I understand that you have that you just drafted a quarterback. But guess what? Arizona had just drafted uh, Rosen. Josh Rosen, yeah. And now they have a better guy. Like, it, the, the idea of the Jets not wanting to tank for Lawrence, kind of absurd. Like, well, look, they're, I, they're not good. Darnold is not getting better. I understand that that's Gase, but, like, that, that that's a little bit on Gase. But at the same time, three. it's like, here's the thing about Darnold. I know Adam Gase sucks. Guess what? Mike McCarthy fucking sucks. Aaron Rodgers won MVPs. Guess what? Well, Bill- I, I don't think that's fair to compare these guys to Aaron Rodgers. Well, why? Our Darnold was drafted, about- drafted higher Did than you- Aaron Rodgers. Because that's my point. You're talking about a Hall of Fame quarterback who went to the Green Bay Packers. We just talked about the okay. culture of an organization. Okay. Bill, O'Brien, Jets, Bill O'Brien is awful. Bill O'Brien is one of the worst coaches I've ever seen. Deshaun Watson Way better than Sam Darnold. True. I am of the opinion that Deshaun Watson without Bill O'Brien is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And he very well could be. Look, I'm not making excuses for Sam Darnold. It's year three. He's going to have to show improvement. It's only one game, as we know. But he's going to have to show some improvement. And I also probably share that sentiment. By year three, guys, it's, it's, this isn't the old NFL. And I don't think – a lot of people realize that like, you know what I'm saying, Joe, the old NFL, like you had some time to develop. You had some time. Dude, you got to win now. You got to win by year two. You don't even have to win, but you have to, you have to be exceptional yourself. You have to be like, look, my team sucks, but I'm great. Yeah. And no, I, I, it, it, to me, again, I just, I just look at like you get a great player at the most important position or one of the most important positions. If you get a great running back, if you get a great receiver, if you get a great pass rusher, one guy can change the culture of an organization. Sam Darnold has not done that for the Jets. Baker Mayfield has not done that for the Browns. Deshaun Watson did that for the Texans. Yeah, you're right. Did you watch that Raiders Panthers game? That was a fun game to watch. I did. I watched a lot of it. Um, 
I, I thought, you know, I didn't know what to make of both of those teams coming into the season. I didn't know if they'd be good, if they'd be bad, if they'd be somewhere in between. And I kind of still don't because I'm like, you know, Raiders traveling west to east, early game. They still win, but the Panthers put up some fight. Brand new coach, brand new quarterback. Still have McCaffrey, who's amazing. But I don't know that I learned a lot. Are the, Ra- are the Raiders or Panthers good? No, neither team makes the playoffs. But the Raiders were good last year. I mean, the Raiders were fighting for a playoff spot until the end of the season. And they just shit the bed. Right, but I'm saying for a team that, you know, people had essentially written off, they were better than people thought last year. They are now in Vegas, new new location. They're one and zero. Like, you do you think the Raiders win eight games? I think that's a perfect over under. I think they're right around eight games. I can see them going. I mean, eight nine eight. nine nine and seven in the AFC West. You're a good football team. Okay, fair enough. Do, would Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean. I don't, I don't think it's the easiest division. I think, obviously, you have the Chiefs twice. I think the Chargers – the Chargers, I think I expect a lot of games like yesterday where they're always in it because they have a good defense and Tyrod Taylor is Mr. Ball Control. So I think they're always going to be in the games. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be easy to win nine games. I think they can do I, it. I, I, to me, I think if – I'm just saying – I like Josh current, Jacobs. Yeah, in the current NFC or AFC West, I think if you win nine games, you are a good football team. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily think if you win nine games in the NFC East, and I know it's still early to tell. We haven't seen what the Giants are yet, but I don't think if you win, if you go nine and seven in the NFC East, like the Eagles did last year, that means you're a good football team, which I think was proven when the Eagles went to the playoffs and lost a home game. Was it weird for you? It was really weird for me. The, 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 without the fans. Here's the thing with the fan situation. How did you even it's, notice? I was just going to say, it's, when they pan, it's got to be weird for the players. Like, you don't notice um, unless they pan, but, you know, pan through the stadium with the camera shot. The, the Sunday night game was definitely weird. Like, that is such a beautiful stadium. At least it looks like it. That looks like such an amazing stadium. And I was sitting, you know, in the TV room at my parents' house, and I just kept thinking, man, that would have been a fun year to have season tickets for the Chargers games. Yeah. Because that looks phenomenal. I got to say, man, I, I've been on – I said in our preview episode that I thought the Rams would have a little bit of a return to glory. I still think McVay is a great coach. I kind of – Came around on those uniforms last night. I like no, the off- Joe. Yeah, I like the off- I like the off white. I like the Los Angeles Rams patch. I think that they should absolutely still have uh, uh, horns on their shoulders. But I like they they look clean and that stadium is dope. And I'm now in my new undisclosed location. Those gray uniforms. Joe. I like them. I like them. Oh, clean. No, 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 no. I pass. I like them. I don't like the break in the horn on the helmet, but like, you, I like, I like them. 
You know what the numbers and the jerseys look like? You know when you're a kid, what's that type of thing called? It's kind of like a glue, but it's not a glue where you could get yeah. – do you know what I'm talking like, about? Like glitter glue. Yeah, where you could get – but it's not even glitter glue. Where you, maybe it is. Where, like, you could draw something on somebody yeah. and it's, yeah. like, fat and thick. That's what their numbers look like. I like it. How? I don't know. I was just watching the game and I'm like, I kind of like them. I like them. I, the Giants have to come out and look decent tonight because that stadium looks amazing. I think the Rams have a great coach and a great setup for a long time. Oh, boy. I, I, can, I could bike from my new undisclosed location to the Rams stadium. You could uh, bike there. I could bike there. Um, I, like, I'm wanting to be a Rams fan suddenly. No, you're not. You will never give up your Giants fandom. Eli's gone. They treated him poorly in the end. Like, they got to they gotta come out. They got to show me something. Danny Dimes has to start getting rid of the ball faster. Joe Judge has to show me a culture change. Well, I did like how Sean McVay, I, I, I just liked, and Chris Collinsworth highlighted it. I like Cooper very, Cup. Yeah. Collinsworth, my boy, you know, highlighted it. Very, he was very articulate how he said it, and he was right, though. Their game plan of just we're going to eliminate Dallas's pass rush by just getting the ball out, whether that's quick screens, bubble screens, pick plays. Like, that was a very well-orchestrated game plan by the Rams to go against the Cowboys' defense. And, and I liked it. And, obviously, it was lower scoring. And, God damn, Aaron Donald. I mean, some of those. I mean, this dude's a beast. That's what I'm Absolute. saying. If uh, – if, Again, I said it to you last episode. I'll say it to you again. If the Rams win 13 games this year, which is going to be really hard in that division, but if they did, or if they win 12 games, Aaron Donald could be the MVP of the league. Yeah, he could, especially after last night. I mean, I mean, he's only this guy just takes on double teams. When he tossed Zeke like he was just a child on that one play, it's it's I'd be. I would be shitting my pants if I had to line up against Aaron Donald. Yeah. And here's the thing. I'll, I'll, I, I do want to give uh, – you, you know, I'm not going to do a lot of Jared Goff slurping uh, probably for his career. But I will, I will say one thing about Jared Goff. And, you know, when, when we talk – when we're talking quarterbacks before, we talked about how um, he, he's almost like the perfect anti – Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick's always been on terrible teams that he has to do. He has to try to make those, you know, reckless plays just to keep these terrible teams in games. Jared Goff stays within himself and doesn't think he's better than he is. And like, to me, what I do like about Jared Goff is like, Hey, just don't fuck it up. And that approach, that approach is great. Whereas, you know, Kirk Cousins, again, conservative, but like not even like, like conservative, but with the baggage of like people treating him like he's a good quarterback. And it's like, just like, that's why I think the Vikings, they make an an NFC championship game with Case Keenum because the coach is going, well, like, I'm only going to let Keenum do this much. And McVay goes, I'm only going to let Goff do this much. Meanwhile, you know, Zimmer's like, ah, Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback, so we'll just let him play quarterback. It's like, no, he's not. You're wrong. Now, Joe, 
you were watching that Rams game last night and uh, you fell for a little, little stunt by our friends at Miller Lite, didn't you? I did. Where am I, where am I light shirt, by the way? Um, love it. Looks great. Obviously, I follow Miller Lite on social media. I love Miller As everybody Lite. should. And at Miller Lite. And uh, uh, I saw a tweet from them, and their Avi was uh, like a blank football helmet. And then it said football links or like pro football links was their, was their name. It was still at Miller Lite, but their name was like pro football links. And I was like, what is this? And it was like, click here for a stream of the game. And I was like, immediately I was like, well, I don't need a stream of the game because it's on basic TV. You know what I mean? It's on local yeah. broadcast which I use an antenna for because it comes in faster than if I watch it through YouTube yeah. TV or whatever. So I, I message you, I'm like, Oh no, Miller lights, Twitter got hacked. And I was like, you know, I was so involved in the game that thankfully I didn't start. I was going to track down that person and hurt them. I was like, how dare you hack Miller light? But I didn't, I did I clicked on the link and it took you to a screen with like a play button for one of those shoddy, like off brand streams. But I yeah. was like, I'm, I'm not going to click on this. My, my computer's going to get a virus and blah, blah, blah. Apparently if you did click on it, it would have taken you to a, a commercial. The whole thing was a Miller light bit. I got, so, got, so this what, I got, 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 got so by this our guys. So get this. So Miller Lite basically trolled fans looking for illegal streams to watch Sunday night's game by creating a bunch of like streaming lookalike sites that fooled people into thinking they were watching the actual game. These fake sites, what you're talking about, are were actually an ad for something called the Miller Lite Cantenna. It's a real can of Miller Lite with a digital TV antenna so, so people can watch football with their friends. I have this here. How awesome is this? It's Amazing. This is an actual can of Miller Lite. This is full of Miller Lite beer. As you can see, it has an antenna on it. And it has a cord in the back. I mean, this whole thing is amazing, right? It plugs into your it plugs into like the, the cable jack of your a, TV. And that and that's how I get that's how I get local games now. Because again, like I said, they you, you're watching them. You'll watch them ahead if you do that, and and the the uh, quality is better. So I'm yeah. watching on antenna now. The idea that you have a Miller Lite can of beer with beer inside it for an antenna right now, I'm like, yo, Miller Lite, can I get one of these things? What's going on yeah. here? We'll, we'll get one sent your way. But so I believe. Go, but also, I believe if you guys follow these links, you can get your own antenna, can't you, Andy? Well, listen to this. There you go, Joe. The Miller Lite Cantana. Stop clicking around and start watching football with friends because when it's game time, it's Miller time. If you want to try to grab one of these yourself, go to Miller Lite Cantana. That's C-A-N-T-E-N-N-A dot com to enter for your chance to watch high definition, high definition football on a beer. We're talking about this. Andy, I can't, I can't pitch more to people who maybe don't know how much they should absolutely be watching their local games via their HD antenna. Add in 
your ant your HD antenna being a full can of Miller Lite. I mean, mind blown emoji. That's right, guys. No purchase necessary. It starts, so it already started on 9-11-20, and it ends 10-12-20 at 11.59 p.m. Central Time. You must be a legal resident of the 50 U.S. D.C. states, United States District of Columbia, 21 years of age. Cantenas are only available to residents of, Col let's, let's see here, of Colorado, District of Columbia, Florida, Idaho, Louisiana, Mississippi, Nevada, Nebraska, New York, North Carolina, South Carolina, South Dakota, and Wisconsin. Void where prohibited. See official rules at MillerLightCantenna.com for entry instructions, prizes, and restrictions, etc. So there you have it, Joe. The Miller so Light awesome. So awesome. Cantenna. Also, I have received a text from my girlfriend, Andy. What you're talking about is called puff paint. Puff paint. Ah, that's it. I knew it. So I was close. Yeah. I can't believe you like the puff paint uniforms. I do. I like them. I don't know what to tell you. Well, I, I, I like it, all of the parts together. Don't make me think I would like them, but I do. Let's, let's wrap up the NFL with a couple games and a couple uh, – that we did not talk about. The Colts under Philip Rivers did not win. They lost at home to the lowly Jags. And I watched, I watched a lot of that game. So did I. You know, Philip Rivers, he's got the stats. He also has, you know, he did some Philip Rivers things that he did last year. In my opinion, you know, you've, this is another one of those. We talked about it earlier with the Eagles. This is another one of those games you just can't lose if you're Philip Rivers or if you're the Colts. You just can't lose this. I, I'm going to say something about Philip Rivers. You know, the question the last couple of years, especially this year going on to the Colts, we talked about it last episode, but also last year the way he played on the Chargers. Because the year before they were 13-3 and three or 12-4 and four or whatever it was, and they looked really good, and he looked really good, and he looks confident. The question seems to be, is Philip Rivers washed? Is Philip Rivers not washed? And I would like to say, let's just throw that question out there. Like, let's just throw it in the garbage, because I actually don't even think it should be a question. It should be a discussion. Let's just talk about facts. Philip Rivers is not, nor has he ever been, clutch in any regard. And the bottom line is we have the, the argument with Sean Merriman and we have the argument with Zach Bost and we have the, Philip Rivers has no evidence of having any ability to be clutch. And I would argue that he is actually anti-clutch. I would actually argue that Philip Rivers in the clutch becomes worse at quarterback. Are you citing yesterday's game as an example where he can't win when it matters? It's like every moment in that game where they needed a big throw from Phillip Rivers, he threw a pick. Or they didn't get a first down. Yeah. And then you look at, you know, the, the, the joke yesterday was it doesn't matter where Phillip Rivers goes. He turns every team into the Chargers. Every game Phillip Rivers ever plays comes down at the end and they somehow blow it. Yeah, their quarterback isn't clutch. 
He's not clutch. He has a playoff history of failing in big moments. He has a playoff history of underachieving with great teams. Phillip Rivers isn't just not clutch. He's anti-clutch. He's bad in the clutch. I'm taking the whole washed thing off the table. Yesterday, Philip Rivers didn't look washed. He just makes horrible, horrible decisions in the most inopportune times. And has done it his whole career. Well, I see some irony with Philip Rivers on and off the field. This is why. When it comes to playing football, he's always, he's, he's always like right there, right? Like in the games, you made a great point of like all these Chargers games. He's right there. He's so close. He is just the tip, right? Yeah. He's just the tip. He's just the tip, Joe Prano. He's, he's, he's he almost finish. in. He can't finish. He can't finish. He's almost in. He's almost inside, but he's just this little tip. But off the field, my man finishes. finishes. He's Too got much. eight. Yeah, he's got eight children. He, he's got a whole, you know, I don't know what he's got going. I don't know what, I assume now he's in Indy. He probably has a whole farm or something outside Indianapolis. The man finishes, but on the field, he's just the tip because he gives you some great plays and he gives you some great throws. And he did yesterday during the game, but you are right. When it comes to the end and when they need to get the first down or he needs to make that pass, he just comes up short. and. Again, that was a game where you couldn't lose and you lost to the Jags. Again, a team projected to have some of the fewest wins this year. You know, Gardner Minshew made plays when he had to. Um, by the way, his flow. Wow. Minshew. How, how can you not love this guy? The flow, the facial hair. He's playing in Florida. I feel like his look is so Florida. Is it not? It's just yeah. like his look, no lie, is spot on. There was a there was a pro-Trump caravan on Saturday going through 275 freeway outside Cincinnati. And both sides of the freeway. People hold I mean, I mean, it was there unbelievable. Were, there's are you saying there was good people on both sides? <laughs> or bad people on both sides? On both sides. And so many of those pro-Trump caravan people, which I thought my brother Brad was going to lose his mind, by the way. It was a very stressful day. We, we were just leaving the hospital. And he <laughs> I thought my brother was single-handedly going to take on a pro-Trump militia on both sides of the freeway because he was so angry at everybody. And they're driving and they're hillbillies. Brad, Brad was killing people on both sides. On both sides. <laughs> <laughs> but really... All these people, no lie, so many of them look like Minshew. And I don't want to put that on Minshew because I love Minshew. And I'm not saying what he is politically. But they, they have that look. But great win for him. But, again, awful, just awful loss for the Colts and for Phillip Rivers. Awful. And the last game we didn't discuss, or the last two, actually, I did watch a fair amount of the Cardinals 49ers. I saw almost none of that game. And uh, whenever I did tune in, I did get to see a lot of like Kyler Murray and Hop. I maybe I turned in tune in for ten plays or something like that. A lot of Kyler Murray, a lot of DeAndre Hopkins. 
I didn't see, I don't know, just it's just the way it worked out when I tuned in, but I literally didn't get to see one play of the Niners on offense. What, what was the issue with the Niners on offense? Is Arizona's defense playing great? I mean, I was going to say, I think Arizona's defense is they're talented, man. Yeah. And they're young and they're hungry. And as critical as I was of Kingsbury before he got hired, you know, they won what five games last year, but it felt like they were in every game. Didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like they're, they're, and and here's the thing about Kyler Murray. He is a guy who I feel has just, just a cool poise to him. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he's one of those guys who didn't put up insane numbers last year, didn't put up insane numbers yesterday, but he's a guy where when, when Kyler Murray's on the field, I feel like they have every shot at winning a game. I, to me, I see mini Russell Wilson, to be honest, in Kyler Murray, where he's not going to put up insane numbers his first few years. He's going to run the ball a lot, but he also knows when to get down. I noticed on his scrambles, he knows when to get down. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, think, I, I think as far as – I mean, I, I, I see the comparison, but also, like, the Kyler Murray running – I mean, he, he's got a whole other gear from, no, he a does. Guy, from, from a guy like Russell. I mean, he does. I, he, I agree. When, when, he, when he goes for that touchdown, it's like he's running away from guys. Yeah. I, I guess my point is I, I, I see some guys kind of just have it and some guys don't. Like, yeah. I see that in Kyler. Again, he's not going to put up insane stats, but I think he knows how to run a uh, – you know, a balanced offense and, and, and to fit the scheme well. And on the other side of the ball, you know, they just – the defense I thought did pretty well for Arizona, like I said, and they didn't play poor San Francisco, but they just didn't make the plays when they had to. Yeah, I, I, that, that's why I was asking you because I, I didn't get to see a whole lot of their offense. Obviously, you know, they have – their their offense was great last year. Obviously, their defense is what got them to the Super Bowl, but their offense did plenty, especially in games where they had shootouts, like last year against the Saints. Like, their offense had enough firepower. That's why I was wondering, you know, I mean, I know it's a division game. I know it's week one, but that's why I was looking at, you know, maybe like a little breakdown on like what what the issue was with the, the Niners offense. But, you know, the idea that it's just Arizona playing pretty good D is fine. I think, but, but, but also I want to add to this from my vantage point. I think there could be somewhat of a, a Super Bowl hangover, which we see. And that's why I think, you know, everybody, a lot of people just pick the Niners again. And my thought process was, dude, I think people are going to catch up somewhat to Shanahan and that is going to be a fun division to watch. I think we can all agree. Yeah. I mean, again, I think the Rams are going to bounce back. You think the, you think, you know, Mr. Unlimited is going undefeated. Uh, you're like, <laughs> you know, we, we're, we're both sold on, on the upstart Cardinals. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be a wild division. And to wrap it up, Joe, go back to Thursday, opening day, Texans chiefs. I don't have much to say personally. This game kind of went as planned as I thought. You know, you got Patrick Mahomes, you got Andy Reid, you got weapons, you got a rookie running back going off for uh, he, the Chiefs. He's, he's going to be a game changer. And, he will. And, and, and that is exactly what the Chiefs are going to need to do for the next decade, which is find guys that can come in, 
do the job that somebody else did as good or better, but cheaper. Um, you know, the, the idea of bringing in a running back who's hopefully can give you the next five, six years, and you're not going to have to resign him until, you know, three, four years from now, whatever the case may be, all building around the idea that you get Patrick Holmes half a billion dollars uh, is what they're going to have to do. And they're doing it. And they did. Yeah. And, they, and they ran the shit out of him. And for 140. Yeah. And, you know, thoughts and prayers with Deshaun Watson stuck with Booby McBooberson. Yeah. Uh, the Texans, if I, I tweeted last night, if the Texans watch what DeAndre Hopkins did yesterday and don't fire Bill O'Brien, they're not going to. Yeah. Free Deshaun Watson, free Matt Stafford. I'm already, you know what? I already want to start the campaign. Free Joe Burrow. Like, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Get week one, free the guy. Okay. So let's move on to NBA, Joe. I have not been watching as closely, I'll be honest. Uh, you did watch yesterday's game six, another blown lead by the Clippers who just can't seem to put a full 48 minute game together. Well, uh, I have a lot of thoughts. One, the Denver Nuggets are the anti Phillip Rivers. When they're, when they're backs against the wall, they show up. I mean, this is the second series. They forced a game seven, two after being down three, one, uh, like, It just feels like to me that the Nuggets, like I said, are a little ahead of schedule and they know it. They're kind of playing on with house money and they, they they thrive on it. And Jokic even said that himself. He said, there's no pressure on us. It's all on them. What, what the Nuggets feel like to me is when you're playing poker and you get down to having the small stack, so you just start going all in on hands. Just go like, well, I got to double up one way or the other. They just go all in. Jokic went off, was hitting everything, turnarounds, one-footers, hitting tons of threes. Murray had some huge plays. And, and we can slurp the Denver Nuggets all we want, which I want to do. They like Again, I love their attitude and I love their approach when they're playing with this house money. But also – Let's talk about what needs to be fucking talked about. Where is this great Clippers defense? Where is Doc Rivers, defensive genius? Pat Beverly, if Pat Beverly wasn't in the NBA, he'd be an NFL defensive back who celebrates breaking up a pass before realizing that he just got a 40-yard pass interference. Pat Beverly fouled out in 18 minutes of play. (laughs) He's the D'Angelo Hall of, of NBA point guards. You talk a whole hell of a lot for being not good at all. Good he reference, but I like that comp. He got exposed. He fouled out in 18 minutes. I don't know if I could foul out in 18 minutes. That's one, pa- that's one uh, foul per three minutes. It's ludicrous. Yeah. Where is defensive genius Doc Rivers? Where is the claw? Where is playoff P? I've been told that these guys are going to lock down your wing players. They didn't offensively. They had a fine game, Kawhi, Paul. But yeah, look, I look. If you had gone to my head and said place a percentage, I'm still going to go 80-20 Clippers to win Game Seven. Why? How? How can you say that? I don't know. I'm just basing it off talent. Eighty twenty. Yeah, that's ludicrous. I what mean, would you it, put it at? 
they're they're still they're still the favorite. But if you uh, going over sixty forty is offensive to. Well, it's offensive to the Nuggets, and it's also offensive to anybody who's ever watched what the Clippers do because they're just not they're just not locking teams down. Now, do you think this helps or hurts? I'm going to say hurts the Lakers with this other series going so long. I, I think like, it helps. I, I, I think it helps them. Well, the Lakers are going to have a long layoff. They the were Lakers playing have, great basketball. The Lakers have done the same thing regardless of their layoff, which is the first game they come out, they don't look great. And then they, they piece it together. Piece together. And, and like, I mean, if – and I like Jokic a lot. A lot. I mean, he's great. But if Jokic is giving you major, major matchup problems, like Anthony Davis is going to ruin your life. Well, you see, hold on. You said well, – we're going to get to a call. We're going to have some calls today, but I, I've got an interesting call. We'll save that for later in the show about Anthony Davis. Now, here's the other thing. Like, the Nuggets are giving you problems. What is LeBron James going to do to you? But also, again, I think that this is just offensive to the Nuggets for us to be talking about the Lakers-Clippers matchup next round because it ain't over. And more, I want to talk about just the fact that we're in this situation, a blown 3-1 lead, going to a game seven, no answer for Jokic. Uh, Big Baby, did you see this clip that was shared to the Dirty Sports? Big, Big Big Baby Davis who was on that Boston team straight up says Doc Rivers is overrated. This is a clip. It's in the dirty sports DMS. I, I, honestly, if you got, if you got to plug it, like go pull it up, pull it up and play it. Yeah, I'll do that. Uh, I, well, he, he was on, he was on the title team. And then when they lost the Lakers, correct. Was he on both teams? Yeah. Uh, this is it. I know it's in the dirty sports from from yesterday. It's all good. I, I, I'm I'm logging in right now. Okay, I'll, I'll find it. Um, so it seems like you're not as confident as me. I, I'm pretty confident the Clippers close it out, but you seem to be saying I'm ludicrous to say that. I just don't know how you can say that based on what what we've seen. You know? Yeah. Or was it was it sent to me? I don't know. It was not sent to dirty sports. When would that have been sent? I don't see it in the dirty sports. I swore yet. somebody sent it to me yesterday. I, I swore somebody sent it to – you know, the dirty sports DMs are weird. When things go into that request and then I'll click on them and they're just gone. Yeah, there's nothing in the request. Anyway. Anyway, the point remains the same. Big Baby shredded Doc Rivers and called him basically overrated for not winning – more with that Celtics team. And he was what's, on the what, team. What's his, what's his real name again? Uh, Glenn Davis. I think everybody just calls him Big Baby, though, right? I know. That's why I was like, forgot his real name. Uh, I, I was trying to find it real quick. It's all good. Well, look, I mean, anybody at this point who is giving Doc the benefit of the doubt is is – Kind of ridiculous, I think. Judging again the talent that he's had, the talent that he does have. 
they're one of those teams where you just keep saying, when are they going to put it together? Right? Like, it's just like, when are they going to put this together? Yeah. And they haven't. No. And I just don't like, you know, again, we can go back to talking about these coaches is everybody wants to blame Mike D'Antoni for, you know, the Rockets not showing up and they get to the same level of the playoffs as the Clippers right now with a way less talented team. Mike D'Antoni resigns from the Rockets because he knows he can go somewhere get a better roster and do well. Meanwhile, Doc Rivers never going to resign. Doc Rivers is going to have to be dragged out of there because Doc Rivers is overrated. And if he can't do it with this roster, who's he doing it with? Yeah. Well, you sent me the clip, so let's play it. It was wearing trash bags. You could have got fired. Nobody, nobody made a peek. Made a peek. But then the next year they win it. Now he's one of the best coach ever. I'm just not feeling that. Is he overrated as a coach? I think so. So, for some context, Joe, that was February 16th, 2017, is when he said that. Yeah. And there's a ton of, I mean, you know, I know some of our listeners are Bill Simmons fans. Some of them are Bill Simmons haters, whatever. Like, I, 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 like, I still like Simmons. I still think Simmons knows basketball. You can go down, you go down the wormhole of Simmons. Bill Simmons used to shred Doc Rivers when he was the coach of the Celtics prior to the big three getting there. But then even a guy like that, it's like, oh, how you forget how much you would hammer him because he gets Kevin Garnett, he gets Ray Allen. And he teams with Paul Pierce and they would one championship and now all is forgiven. And we all act like doc rivers. What is, what, what has doc rivers accomplished? If you put in context, doc rivers didn't win as many championships as he should have with the big three. Well, I think he took a magic, he took a magic team to the finals. I think with sports, it's always tricky when somebody wins a title. And I think we see this, right. You see it a lot in the NFL. We saw it with Mike McCarthy. You see it with maybe like a Mike Tomlin, probably in your opinion. I think the problem is when, a, when someone wins a title, they get a leash, deservingly in my opinion. You know, you get a longer leash if you win a title. Only one team can do it. It's not easy. You get a longer leash, but I think the problem is a lot of times that leash is way longer than it should be. And I think that's evident with Doc or they get the benefit of the doubt. Les Miles right? I mean, takes over the Nick Saban team. And then I say it over and over and over again for years. Overrated, overrated, overrated. Isn't going to get it done. Isn't going to get it done. Isn't going to get it done. You know, and it's funny because people love to discredit guys when they win a title. I just say, again, look at it in context. You know, I'm an Eli Manning guy and people go, oh, fucking Trent Dilfer's got a title. Okay. Trent Dilfer has a title. Eli Manning's got two. Like when you recreate it, and it's, and it's not this fluke thing that you did in this weird situation where you beat this 18-0 team or you had Nick Saban's team or you had the big three or you have, you know, uh, the team right after Cower leaves or whatever. It's like, do it again. Otherwise, what have you shown me other than you could be put in a really, really great situation 
win one championship and never be able to achieve that success again. I mean, you know who I think could be the next, at least we'll see. A lot of people say that about Gruden. You know, he won that title in Tampa with Tony Dungy's team and Tony Dungy's defense. I don't know. To me, it's kind of a similar comparison of. Yeah. And and I like Gruden. Yeah. I think if you ask people to rank coaches on a scale from one to 10, people would not, no one would give Gruden the respect that they give Doc Rivers, the respect that they give Mike Tomlin, the respect that they gave Mike McCarthy before he was fired from the Packers. Yeah. Uh, Like, to me, it's just like ludicrous. Like, what has Doc done? The Clippers have never been in a Western Conference Finals. How long has he been there? Sure. No, I agree. We do. Meanwhile, have meanwhile, Mike, meanwhile, Mike D'Antoni is going to go make Ben Simmons the MVP or Victor Oladipo the MVP, get the Pacers to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then be called a fucking underachieving guy whose teams don't play defense, even though they rank number one in playoff defense. Well, you want to hear from the dirt balls? Yeah, let's Joe, do it. Let's we got some it. dirt ball calls. Guys, the hotline is 310-359-8365. You want to call in, we're going to start doing the hotline again. Once again, that's 310-359-8365. But before we get to the calls, I want to remind everybody to go get yourself some butcher box. I, I love the meat from butcher box, Joe. Me too. I love it. The bacon, the ground beef, the steaks, the chops. It's so good. All the meat is free of antibiotics and added hormones, which at this point is all I will eat. I love it. Each box contains 9 to 11 pounds of meat, enough for 24 individuals. Um, You know, I'm kind of a limbo right now. That's the truth. Obviously, there's a lot going on with my family, and I don't have much time to shop. That's the truth, and my head's kind of on a swivel. What I love is I can just have butcher box delivered right to the front door of my parents' house, Joe. Right there. I don't have to stress with going to the grocery store, the meat store. I don't have to stress with that. I can have butcher box delivered directly to my house. It's a no-brainer. Guys, right now, butcher box is offering new members ground beef for life. That's right. Life. That's two pounds of ground beef in every box for the life of their subscription. Simply go to butcherbox.com forward slash dirty. That's butcherbox.com forward slash dirty. Get you two pounds of ground beef in every box for life. Okay. Let's see what we got here. I know I I set up some calls and we're going to try to attempt to do this today. All right. So this was a good call. This is about Anthony Davis. I'll be curious your thoughts on this. What's up, fellas? This is you. Um, watching the Laker game last night. Um, this time in New Orleans, didn't watch it too much. You know, you see he's obviously a great player, but I'm starting to think maybe Anthony Davis is the most underwhelming basketball player in the history of the fucking NBA. So when I'm watching this, I, I feel like I should be watching like how Will Chamberlain would have played you know, six years ago when it's him versus uh, four or five white guys that coming back on their off time just so much more dominant. How is this guy not fucking averaging 50 and 10? He's going up against guys that are fucking the tallest guy on the other side. Six, I think. And he, I mean, he, he had a good game, but he's just fucking dominating. I mean, 
beyond belief. I just feel like he's so much better, but he doesn't look like he has that um, that rough edge to him. Just like that kind of that that mean streak that like LeBron and you know like these true number one fast fighters. Um, All right, could could you hear that? Yeah, mostly. Didn't Anthony Davis average twenty five and ten in the series? There are two two players, first time two players have averaged twenty five and ten together on the same team since the seventies or something. Um, I don't know about that stat as far as two players. But here's the thing about that call: I almost understand it, and I think we've said like. I think what he's trying to say is, and you and I kind of said this ourselves, he's not dominating the way he should dominate, I guess is the point. I think think he's wanting saying, look, dude, 25 and 10, cool. But it's not not just a feed Anthony Davis in the low post offense. Uh, Like, to me, what I need to see from Anthony Davis is when they need him to dominate, will he dominate? When, when it's the LeBron show, I don't need Anthony Davis to do jack shit except finish and defend the rim and like contribute and rebound. When it's a balanced offense, if you're averaging 25 and 10 in a playoff series, I mean... What, like, what are we talking about here? We, we've got we've got people who want to, you know, tattoo Kobe Bryant on their chests. Toby, Kobe Bryant didn't average 25 and 10 in anything in a playoff series in his career. Right. I mean, am, am I crazy? Like, let's talk about the let's talk about the. Michael Jordan series where Jordan scored and had 10 rebounds averaging in the series or 10 assists or 10 whatever i mean anthony davis is rebounding he's blocking shots he's he's dragging defenders outside what i need to see anthony davis do is in the games where it ain't going right and they can't get that offense going and the outside guys aren't hitting their shots which we've seen from the lakers we've seen games where they're where their outside shooters go cold i need to see him be able to take the ball on the block, drop step, and dunk on some people. Yeah. He hasn't been put in that position with this Lakers team yet. And it'll be interesting to see if it it gets to that point. But right now, um, having any sort of criticism of a guy in terms of what he brings to the table when he's averaging 25 and 10 in the conference semifinals – we have we have we have raised the bar, but I think I think you know I don't want to get a hundred percent because I don't know the head of the caller, but you know I've seen Shaq say this as well. I, I think the notion is that Anthony Davis is that talented, he's that good of a player, he has so many skills that he's not getting a hundred percent maximum capacity or anywhere near. I guess the argument would be, dude, you're so good. You can post up on these guys. You can score up for a mid-range shot, a three-pointer. You can handle the ball. He, why aren't you getting 30 a game in 10 or 35 in 12? I, I guess because, that's, because Because two guys on their team are averaging 25 and 10. 
How often do you see that happen where one guy got 35 and one guy's got 25? And if that's happening, and that may need to happen for them to win certain games, but now if, if, if Anthony Davis is getting 35 a game and LeBron's still getting 25 a game, Danny Green ain't getting his shots. Caruso ain't getting his shots. Kuzma ain't getting his shots. And you need those guys to get their shots to win. Like, to me, what the Lakers did in the five games in this Rocket series makes, to me, makes, them, makes me think that they are the favorites to win it all. Because LeBron and Anthony Davis are going for 25 and 10 every game. LeBron's dishing out triple-double level assists. He's blocking shots. Anthony Davis is blocking shots. And the, and the uh, supporting cast is hitting their open threes. It's going to be tough to beat. It will if they keep playing that way. Dude, which... I, I, I almost think for, for the Lakers, to, for, for peak Lakers success, you don't want Anthony Davis dominating. Now, that doesn't mean when the Lakers aren't running on all cylinders that he shouldn't be able to do that, to be able to carry them through games. But that is not the, that, that's not what they, that's not their best chance for team success. But I, I so I'm, I'm sort of on everybody's side here. I want Anthony Davis to have that in his bag when needed. But right now, especially in a gentleman's sweep of the Rockets, where LeBron and Anthony Davis are casually going for 25 and 10, yeah, it's cool. Don't yeah, don't, I, don't I, I get gotcha. thirty four. All right, let's get to one more call. Hopefully, you guys can hear this. If not, we'll try to make the necessary adjustments on the sound. This is uh, a non-sports call from Kyle Aronofsky. What's going on, boys? Kyle Aronofsky, going back once again from the Garden State Parkway, mile one twelve. Don't do me like that, Kyle. <laughs> uh, it's a good question. Road I mean, trip I, tips. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't do a lot of reading in uh, on road yeah. trips. I'm anti reading. To me, uh, well, first of all, when I road trip, I do listen to a lot of podcasts because I don't get a chance to listen to podcasts in regular everyday life. Like I don't commute. I don't have you know, an office job anymore where I would like throw on podcasts in the background. So I stock, I have a stockpile of podcasts, um, that I, I go to when I travel, you know, if I'm riding up to Tahoe, I'll listen to seven hours of podcasts and I'll just go, okay, well, I've got, I've got three episodes of Marin that I've been sitting on for a while. And I can tell you, you know, I, like I said, I don't listen to podcasts regularly, but the, but there's a bunch that I like that I only get to catch up on when I'm traveling. 
Broken Record is a fantastic music podcast. Rick Rubin and uh, Malcolm Gladwell and one other guy do that. Um, the Moment with Brian Koppelman. Um, Marin, I listen to a lot. I, you know, guests of his I like. Um, Desert Island Discs is a BBC podcast, which is uh, a good one. And uh, yeah, so I do a lot of podcasts. And then like, I'll listen to music, but I'll listen to music with purpose. Like instead of going like, oh, I'm just going to put, you know, my, uh, my phone on shuffle. I'll be like, let's listen to all of this artist and let's listen to, you know, all of music from this year or let's um, pick a song I really like and create a station around that and see where that takes me. Let's, I'll make, I'll make, I love to make uh, playlists for exactly the amount of time I'm going to be traveling. Like I'll look on Google maps and I'll see, Oh, this trip is six hours. I will make a six hour playlist and be like, I'm going to start this when I get on the road. and I'm going to finish it when I get there. I got, I got a good Rogan one for you. Okay. My, you know, Miley Cyrus did his show. Listened, did you know? I, I listened to it. Yeah. Oh, you did. I figured because yeah. you're such a Miley Stan. I am a Miley Stan. I didn't listen to all of it, but I listened to a lot of it. That's the first time I've listened to Rogan in since he had Kelly Slater on. I got like 30 minutes left. Uh, yeah. Podcasting, of course, music. If you're traveling with somebody, I, I'm a talker. You're a talker. I love just having conversations with people. Yeah. You know, if, if I'm on the road with somebody, music in the background. You, you like to play I Spy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like, you've traveled, we've, we've done a lot of road trips. You know I start throwing these weird hypotheticals around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm a big fan of like, you know, we've done it like, yo, how much money to suck someone's dick or like weird, a lot of times they're sexual. Yeah. Gross you know, very disgusting. For some reason, I like to play those games and like to like, at like, what would you do? Yeah. You love that stuff. Yeah. I'll take what, again. I'll, I, I, I challenge, I know Kyle's a big music guy. So I challenge Kyle Aronofsky to make himself some pie, to make himself some playlists. I think it's fun. It's a fun thing to kill time before you get started. I have this, I always, uh, I shared it a few times, but I have, I have a four hour, Pot, uh, playlist of all songs about New York and I literally every single time I fly LA to New York I put on a four hour New York playlist just to get myself ready for New York you want to hear a confession that I started doing uh, I don't know probably like a month and a half ago I started listening to more non-lyric music mm, instrumentals like I, like I used to do a lot of like I, I've always done a lot of that when I'm at home, like journaling or like a lot of house house music. No, <laughs> I'm, I don't have a glow stick in my Corolla. What, what I'll do is just like relaxing music that just you know if I want to think about stuff. I don't know, yeah. like I I find driving therapeutic. Driving's never bothered me. Yeah, I'm I'm with it you. Just hasn't and. A lot of people would bother them or annoys them or they stress, even living in Los Angeles. I think probably because you're like me, well, we don't have a nine to five. So when I have to get in the car and be in traffic, it just doesn't bother me because it's not something I have to do on a regular basis. So uh, yeah, stuff like that. I don't know. I think it's a good time to think, good time to just reflect on your life. 
and also call people. Like, like Kyle said, that's a seven and a half hour drive. Think about somebody you want to catch up with, an old buddy or something, or an old relative or whatever it is. And, you know, I always say, like, you got to drive like that. You bang out, you do two 30-minute calls. That's already an hour out of your drive. Yeah. So those are the calls for today. 310-359-8365. Call the hotline if you're road tripping. And uh, maybe we'll play your call. And Prano, share, your road, you share your road trip playlist with me. If you got a, if you got a solid, lengthy road trip playlist, like you got your Nebraska playlist, like a lot of like Bruce Springsteen's in Nebraska and, and uh, Bright Eyes or whatever. Let me hear them. I want to uh, share them with me. I have Spotify and Apple Music. Cool. Well, guys, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Dirty Sports. You can leave an iTunes review, rate us, review, whatever, comment. You know how to do it. And uh, follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Andy Ruther. At Joe Prano on <clears throat> Instagram, at Joe Prano on Venmo, Fix Your Life on Twitter. Rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Use all our promo codes. Do all the things. Follow me on Instagram, at Joe Prano. I'm putting up uh, football picks again. They're officially sponsored by our friends at Game Theory Picks. We went three for four yesterday. Three, two winning money lines and a winning straight uh, bet. So, I think we're plus like 225 or plus 225 on the day. I mean, nice. if, we're pl- if we're plus 225 every week, guys, get rich or don't even die trying. All you got to do is subscribe to me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, another week we made through NFL week one. We're on to week two. Joe, it's been fun. Dirtballs, much love to you guys as always. Thinking about week. you, Ruther. Thinking about Thank you, Ruther. You. Stay, stay strong. Tell all the brothers we said that we're thinking about them. Dirtball fans behind you. Love you. Love you guys. Love everybody. Much love, guys. All right, guys. Have a great week. We'll be back on Thursday. And as always, stay dirty.